Welcome to the 343rd episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. Stay tuned for my interview with Ben Zackheim, author of the Kane Arkwright Supernatural Thriller series. Stay tuned for the interview. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is urban fantasy author Ben Zackheim, author of the Kane Arkwright series. His latest novel is Relic Spear. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Great. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about the Kane Arkwright series and Relic Spear, your latest novel, how would you describe this novel? Uh, the way I like to describe it, it, it reads well, doesn't necessarily translate well when speaking it, but it's uh, part Buffy, part indie, with body parts everywhere. That's kind of the way I, I try to sum it up. The, the two main characters are... Uh, indie is in Indiana Jones? Yeah, he's kind of like Indiana Jones. And she's... A, she's a, uh, they both have snark, they both have sass, and they, they basically are... Uh, treasure hunters, um, and they're um, out trying to get the relics before the vampires do. Uh, vampires had been asleep for a thousand years for some mysterious reason, but before they went to sleep, they buried relics across the, the world, and now they're awake again, and Kane and Rebel need to find uh, the relics before the vampires do. That's the premise. And do you remember the original idea that led you to write the Kane Arkwright series? Well, I'd been writing in uh, in middle middle grade and young adult uh, fantasy uh, for a few years, and I had hit a kind of a brick wall. Um, I guess you could call it writer's block, but it was more like, do I really want to do this? Um, I had been in corporate America for a long time. I was kind of used to that. I don't know what you would call it, but it was you know the steady paycheck and the and the healthcare and things. And I, so I was thinking of going back to that. Um, I had a discussion with uh, my business partner, John Logston, who's also an author. And um, uh, he say, basically said, well, you know, what do you, what do you want to do? What do you want to write? And, you know, what do you love? And I actually thought about it for the first time. And I know that, you know, I know we ask ourselves these questions all the time, probably daily, some of us, but I actually really tried to listen to what the answer was. And, you know, my favorite movie of all time is Indiana Jones. And uh, I just, and I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I just thought, hey, it'd be kind of cool if, you know, those two characters were in the same story. And and uh, they were, you know, chasing around the world for, for powerful relics that, uh, you know, trying to kick some vampire butt. And just a lot of fun. Something that uh, the idea of doing something that was kind of based loosely on those two characters in a really cool situation that was meant to be a page turner that I didn't have to, um, I didn't, I didn't have to think too much about, I would just be able to use my story chops and writing chops, to just kind of tell a good yarn that really appealed to me. And so, um, basically the next week, I want to say maybe even sooner than that, I, uh, sat down and started just hammering out, uh, um, the story, uh, really in real time, kind of pantsing it, you know, the, the term where you just kind of by the seat of your pants, I didn't plot it. And uh, it came out very quickly, and it was my favorite piece that I'd ever written, even compared to uh, the previous books, so one of which I spent nine years on. So it was really just a matter of getting in touch for, for the Kane Arkwright series. It was a matter of getting in touch with what really got me into storytelling in the first place. And the, it was a toss-up between you know Star Wars and Indiana Jones, but uh, Space Opera is, is my next, <laughs> that's where I want to go next when, when the Relic series wraps up. 
And how many books have been published in the Kane Arkwright series? Uh, we uh, just released the eighth one. Relic Spear is the eighth one. Um, started publishing them in December of 2017. Um, so yeah, in the eighth book, uh, it's planned for uh, 10. That's for this, at least for this current arc, uh, at which point, again, I kind of want to give Space Opera a try. Um, and, uh, cause that's another one of my loves and this, it's been, a, it's been a really good run on Relic and I love it. Um, but it is time to try something new for a while. And when you sat down, as you mentioned earlier and started hammering away at the first novel, mm-hmm. did you plot the, the 10 book arc at that point or did you come back to it later? Well, I can't say too much because some of my readers might listen to this, but uh, I had one premise in mind that is that is the it's the overarching um, kind of well, it's the the story and the twist. It's hard to explain, but it has to do with uh, with Cain, uh, where Cain comes from, who he really is. And uh, the it, that's just one of those mystery thrillers where you know the, uh, you go through five six books and he's just a guy who's really cool and has a you know a lot of skills and that doesn't have any uh, you know any magic in him at all. Whereas um, his his partner Rebel has you know a lot of a lot of magic. She's a magicist, as as I call wizard uh, witches and wizards in my world. They're they're called magicists. So he's just kind of a, a cool guy. And then in the sixth book, um, stuff's revealed about, you know, is he who he thinks he is? I had a lot of fun playing around with that. And that was when I started to kind of execute on what the, the original intent was. And it, I, the, the hint I can give for the readers who are out there um, is that it is around uh, King Arthur and the King Arthur lore. But uh, I won't say more than that. Sure. Um, as you mentioned earlier, you wrote the first book fairly fast, kind of leaning on your story uh, uh, chops and, and um, storytelling. I'm curious, have all of them come out so quickly? The Camelot. In terms of the writing? Yeah, not at all. Um, the first book I tried, I came from, I, I come from kind of a, um, I don't know, it's a storytelling family. It's a creative. My mother's a writer, visual artist. My dad's a sculptor. It's just uh, I've kind of grown up with you know, that kind of you know lifestyle and that kind of thinking, I guess you could call it, um, which treats the creative process as a kind of a precious magical thing uh, with you know muses and correct moods and sipping sherry on the you know porch and all this stuff. And so I really I had to shed that, and it took me the, my first book that I wrote was the Camelot Kids, and that took me nine years to write. Uh, from from conception to publishing it Um, so that was uh, it was wonderful experience I wouldn't trade it for anything but it really was an eye-opener as far as treating um, my craft as a um, as a craft as something that isn't uh, precious at all um, that you know occasionally kicks my ass and I occasionally need to kick its ass and it's kind of um, it's I feel like I have I'm able to just work now, as opposed to waiting for the right moment. And there, you know, there are times when that's not the, the way it is. There are times when the words don't come quickly or the words that come are horrible. Um, but for the most part, I've, you know, the age of 51 after, you know, doing this for what is it now? I guess 10 years. Um, I'm, I'm finally able to have kind of a good relationship with the writing process. Gotcha. So what has been the response among readers to the Kane Arkwright series? Surprising. And it's just very surprising. I, I guess I came because I came from um, 
you know, the young adult and the middle grade kind of uh, markets, which it's hard to get feedback, um, you know, for a number of reasons from from kids and teens on the on the stuff that I did. I wouldn't I didn't do readings and things of that nature, which might have given me more feedback from readers. Um, but uh, I kind of entered into the urban fantasy genre uh, because of that conversation I had with my business partner, but also. Um, I just was hanging out with a lot of urban fantasy authors. I was hanging out with uh, Shane Silvers. Uh, I was hanging out with Orlando Sanchez, uh, with with John Logston, who's who's also in urban fantasy among among other things, um, comedy. He also writes. So um, I just I was kind of swept into that uh, that kind of genre, uh, you know, swept off my feet, so to speak. And so when I started writing in it, uh, you know, Shane and, and John and Orlando and Eric Knowles and others uh, just, you know, said, hey, this guy, Ben Zakheim, just wrote a book. So it really was a matter of getting, um, writing a good story, sure, but also um, being, you know, some, somewhat social in, in a way that I was comfortable because I'm an introvert. I don't like people. <laughs> I don't like being around people, you know, at least for prolonged periods of time. And uh, so I, Facebook over the years, I've, I've made some Facebook friends who have become real you know, life, real world friends. And they helped me, uh, um, you know, find readers. And the readers found me at a certain point. They, you know, weren't going to be free marketing for me, but uh, they definitely did give me a leg up. There's no question about that. And I also learned how to, um, you know, advertise on Facebook, et cetera. So just being on that platform means that the response you're going to get is going to be the gamut. You're going to get absolute fanatic fans, wonderful, and some not so, some a little bit scary. Uh, but then you'll, you'll also get the trolls and, and, and people like that. You just kind of got to get a thick skin to it. So I'd say the, the, the response has been great. I love it. It's, a uh, um, it's overwhelming sometimes. Um, but this is like what, what we sign up for, you know, especially in the day we're so easy for people to connect with their favorite, uh, storytellers, uh, and people do people find a way to, uh, to help me, uh, they read my books early, um, uh, you know, to, um, I ask them to, I give them an early copy of the book so they can give me feedback. Um, so it feels like I've made hundreds and hundreds of acquaintances. Um, so I would say overall really big positive. So you mentioned earlier the the Facebook ads. Um, what are you doing in terms of marketing the Kane Arkwright books? Yeah, uh, the two um, primary marketing kind of tactics are are um, Facebook ads and Amazon ads. Um, the A- Amazon ads, also known as AMS, is um, you know it's all within the Amazon ecosystem, and and they make it very easy because they want to take your money very easily. Um, and it's, uh, but it's, it's a really good way to, uh, basically say, uh, well, I'm kind of similar to Shane Silvers. I'm kind of similar to Patricia Briggs. I mean, you know, not that I'm as good a writer or, or it's not a quality thing. It's more like going for the same audience. So I'm able to actually target people specifically, um, who like Shane Silvers, who like Patricia Briggs, um, which helps me get in front of the right people. It helps me get in front of the right Facebook groups. It helps spread the, spread the word. And so when you advertise on Facebook, you're paying on a cost per click basis. If you so choose, that's the one that I've found to be the most, uh, uh profitable, um, and you, you craft, uh, and craft your ads and target your ads very carefully. You're sp- you can spend money very quickly and go broke very quickly. Um, you, you have to track this stuff. Um, you have to go in with a budget, knowing what you're willing to spend. 
um, but it's extremely effective. Um, and you can guarantee you can if you write a good book with a good cover and you have a good editor, and you run good ads. Um, I think you and any any talented writer could do well. Uh, could make money. Put it that way. Um, on a monthly basis, um, you know, f- as forever, unless Amazon changes the game and, you know, shut or shuts down the shop. Um, and so they've really made a good ecosystem for authors to, to at least make, be in the black. And we're not talking about big numbers here, but I would certainly compare profits against, you know, the stock market or, you know, an interest rate in the bank. You know, it's a better, it's a better way to, to um, make more money uh, writing books as opposed to, you know, investing in stocks or something. Higher sure. return, higher ROI overall. <laughs> and so where, where do you stand on Kindle Unlimited? Are the Kane Arkwright books available on Kindle Unlimited? They are, yeah. It's a kind of, I, I don't see myself ever leaving that unless the deal gets horrible. And I have my, you know, they, they do change the term sometimes, Amazon. You know, the Kindle Unlimited is the, you know, nine ninety nine a month and you get access to hundreds of thousands of books or something like that. Uh, some by, you know, I think actually even like J.K. Rowling is in it. I think, you know, there's certain they go, they roll in and out. So um, I wouldn't I don't think I'll ever leave that. Um, I might try to go wide and get out of um, Amazon completely with um, a certain title that I'd like to write one day, which could do well in Apple uh, store. Uh, so it's a possibility. But other places besides Amazon and besides Kimmel Unlimited uh, have a lot of proving to do if they're going to. Uh, take the take business away from Amazon. Sure. So, are any of the Kane Arkwright books available as audiobooks? Not yet. No, I had three false starts. I tried to do things. This is the one of the things I've learned is, you know, listen to your friends, listen to the people who have gone through these processes, um, and and don't make the same mistakes they did. I tried to do audiobooks on my own, um, finding my own talent and doing the production with a. Uh, with somebody I know. And that, that, so I had three false starts. This is the year I've committed to uh, starting that up. So I've, I'm actually uh, reaching out for, uh, for names uh, right now among, uh, uh, right now looks like the person I'd really love to get. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Um, do, do the Kane Arkwright books is currently busy doing Kimbra Swain's books. And Kimbra is a emerging talent in urban fantasy, but he's got an amazing voice. So this year is what I'm going to commit to right, right here, right now, or may I forever suffer the consequences. <laughs> so so what are your earliest memories of reading in books? Uh, the Conan books, um, I think probably. Um, I was a little, 
It's a little horn dog, <laughs> you know, the age of eight. <laughs> I think it was, uh, where did I, I don't remember whose it was. It might've been my, my, um, stepbrother's, um, book, but it had, uh, you know, Conan and it was a Frank Frazetta cover kind of like Conan and, you know, barely clad, scantily clad woman. And he, he's, you know, about to take on some serpent dragon in the background, shadowy monster. Um, that was fascinating to me. I couldn't, I don't think I could get past, you know, the third chapter because I couldn't pronounce a quarter of the names, you know, but, but uh, um, that was my first kind of introduction to, uh, to reading at least the kinds of stuff that I, that I ended up loving in my um, you know, in my adult life, I mean, you know, but before that, of course, it's what everybody else, every other kid who was fortunate enough to have parents who, you know, forced them to read. Um, you know, it was the, uh, um, it would have been the Winnie the Pooh certainly was part of it. Any Sesame Street book, of course, would have done it. Um, so it's, I think your standard picture books is how it really got started, which actually got me into comics, which was a nice kind of tag team between comic books and fantasy books. There in my teens and twenties, that was that was uh, kind of a magic time because those those two worked very well together, and some of the best stuff ever was coming out. So, um, yeah, that's what I remember at least. Great. Well, you mentioned a space opera uh, mm-hmm. novel or or novels plural earlier that you're looking forward to to working on. Have you given that thought? Is there anything oh, yeah. you can talk about? Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know if there's anything quite solid yet. I've got a, um, um, there's a, a buddy of mine that I really, really want to uh, write with. Um, and he's in the, um, he's in the business. His name is Brandon Ellis and he does some spectacular space opera books. And I met him at, um, uh, a conference, uh, and, uh, in Las Vegas called 20 books, um, 20 books, Vegas. Um, which is just a lot of independent authors and, and uh, published authors, but um, uh, people who just love writing books and want to make a living doing it. Uh, it's a very, very good organization. Um, you can actually find them on Facebook. Uh, 20 Books to 50K is the name, the name their full name on Facebook. Um, and, you know, Brandon and I, uh, he was looking for just uh, kind of get a lineup of space opera books and I had I've had an idea for a number of years, and I pitched it to him, and he was like, "Oh, cool, let's do it." <laughs> so I'm late in delivering a draft to him, but uh, I, I am still planning on surprising him one day with a with a full draft for him to give the yay or nay on. Great. Well, what have been the challenges for you for self publishing? Um, uh, what would I finding the grit to do it? I guess would be the best way to put it. Like finding the, um, there's so many days that are downers. Um, there's so many like big and small ways that running that, you know, being a self-published author can wear you down. And I, I would equate it to, um, uh, you know, owning a small business and having those, you know, weeks and months and quarters or whatever that don't go well. Um, so I think you just said I, the, having to get up every morning, check on all of my ad spend and my sales and see how, um, how things are, how things are doing where I might be able to improve covers or book descriptions, um, ad tweaks, 
Um, you know, is the series being read through all the way from book one to book eight? Where is the drop off at? Oh, it looks like it's at book four. I better take a look at what the transition is between book three and book four. Something must happen at the end of book three that is not resonating with people. You know, and I have to ask myself, should I go back and, you know, rewrite or take a look at, give it to an editor to check out book three and see if there's a weakness there. Why is there a drop off in book four? So you can see it's easy to get kind of caught in a lot of the details of, of not just storytelling and, and trying to get, tell a good story and have a good time and meet cool people and have fans and make money, blah, blah, blah. But just to, you know, really um, stay healthy, <laughs> stay on top of it. Stay, you know, keep positive, uh, keep a positive outlook. That's where I think the friends definitely come in because everybody has goes through this. Everybody goes through their their peaks and um, and valleys. And sometimes the success, the successful days are the hardest ones to take. You know, when you have when I've had a great launch, I've found that's when you know self sabotage kicks in, which I think a lot of creative people run into a lot. The fear of success. Um, can also, you know, really knock you upside the head. So it's a, it's, I'd, I'd say the hardest thing about self-publishing is being your own boss and staying, you know, keeping the grit, really like getting ready to work every single day to stay on top of things. So I know that you've built reader links for self-published author. Can you describe what the reader link service is? Yeah, the my business partner John Logston um, uh, and I—I um, I guess it was about 2012, I think. Well, I left uh, the the bit the, the work that he and I were in. I left. Um, that's where we met um, at work, uh, working for a big company. Um, when I left, I, he asked where I was, what you know, where I was headed to next, and I told him I was going to write books and um, and probably self-publish, even though I, you know. I know agents, I know editors, I, I probably could have gone the published route if I'd so chosen, but I was so into the idea of being self-published because at the time, uh, the app store, um, the iPhone app store was kind of exploding and all of these small shops were making these little games for 99 cents. And then um, the Kindle came out and the, the, the Kindle store, it struck me, well, this is the same thing's going to happen for books. So this is an exciting time to self-publish. And control my own destiny, control my own marketing, um, et cetera. And so um, when he asked me what I was going to do, I said, I'm going to go write books. And he thought I was nuts, but he also was really kind of inspired and was like, wow, really, you're going to do that? And uh, about a year later, he reached out and he's like, are you still doing that? And and so I was like the sensei for about three months. And then John, who's got this analytical brain like you wouldn't believe, and kind of a really go, he talk about grit. This, this guy will just keep on going. Um, he started building these tools. He started building a, a automatic tweet thing. And then he built a, a link system so that you could actually, um, you know, shorten your link and track the performance of the link. And you could tie it. Then you could tie the link to the book so that you could actually see this link that was made for this book is doing this well you know, over here on Facebook or over there on Twitter or whatever. And that was really exciting. And so these little tools that he was building, we were like, well, why don't we make this into a, a business? Um, Self-publishing was exploding at the time. It still is. Um, why don't we make tools for people so they don't have to worry about, you know, using Google Docs and Bitly and, you know, this and that and the other thing, a bunch of different stuff to try to bring everything together. Let's make this thing called Reader Links that'll allow... 
uh, especially self-published authors, um, especially Amazon self-published authors, to really keep track of their business so that they can, you know, do things that work and stop doing things that don't work. Um, and it's grown ever since. We launched back in uh, 2017, I think, finally, after a couple of years of development. We brought in a really amazing developer, um, Rafal is his name, and he just kicked our butts and got this thing launched, and, and people love it. Um, you know, we have fanatic uh, users. They just, they, they really, those who love it, love it. Those who hate it, just about, you know, say, yeah, see you later, man. <laughs> Not for me, because it's a very, it is a very big uh, system and does a lot of different things and um, it's not for everybody but anybody who's in Amazon um, whether you're self-published well self-published is really the way to do it unless you have a publisher who's a small publisher who will allow you to see all of your sales data um, uh, it's really is for self-published authors um, so John is a writer himself right in addition to what? helping you develop this software yeah yeah he's a he's a really good very funny Funny writer, he does the um, uh, the Ononokin uh, series, which is a hilarious um, uh, kind of fantasy in the same vein as uh, Terry Pratchett. Um, uh, and he also uh, uh, writes the uh, it's gonna it's gonna kill me Platoon Platoon F. It's a sci-fi comedy stuff that he writes, um, which is uh, equally hilarious. And then he and I actually did a book, uh, are doing a book series together. We're on book five. We're about to do book five of a series together. Um, and this is his series. It's in his world. It's the Paranormal Police Department, which is, uh, it's just a, um, you know, basically a police department that uh, you know, deals with the paranormal and is paranormal themselves. And so I got, and he, he broke it down by cities. So uh, Orlando uh, Sanchez was writing with him on the Badlands or um, for me, it's New York City. Some uh, Eric does uh, um, Seattle. Uh, and then a guy, Noah Sturdivant does, um, I think he does um, Southeast, a Southeast Asia. So it's kind of, it's location-based. It's a lot of fun. The one that I do is um, Bethany Black, who's a were tiger and uh, sassy were tiger, and her pixie, uh, her pixie partner, Max Shakespeare. So you can see, I just do this to have fun. <laughs> sure, sure. So, what writing advice would you offer for listeners who are writing their own stories and novels? Um. I would say get out. I mean, the mo the best thing that I ever learned for myself is to get out of my own way, um, which which basically means don't treat your story as a, a precious, you know, baby. Treat it as something that needs to grow and needs to become what you want it to be. Um, and then it either works out or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, you move on to the next story. So I don't want to be cliche and say, just keep writing every day. It does kind of come down to that. It's the mindset of not taking, uh, not treating your crafts as, as precious. Um, and if you want to make a living doing it, um, and I think if you want to get better, uh, looking at it as a job has helped me a lot uh, to appreciate the creative aspect of it, but also appreciate what it can do for me financially. So uh, don't, I guess the bottom line advice would be, uh, you know, don't treat your story as precious. So what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? <laughs> oh, man, I finally started. I don't know about you, but I had a hard time when, when COVID hit reading and focusing. But I finally started picking stuff up again. And now I'm reading Patricia Briggs for the first time, which will probably horrify any of my readers who are listening. 
um, uh, you know, Patricia Briggs, uh, it's the cry wolf, I think is the book I'm reading right now. I really, I enjoy it. Um, I also got, um, I reread, uh, Charlene Harris, the uh, dead, dead until dark. Cause I just wanted to kind of remind myself why, well, you know, what good storytelling effortless storytelling is. And I really do. I see her writing as kind of this effortless free flowing thing that I really admire. Uh, so those are the two most recent books. I also, you know, if I were to be, I guess I should be honest, but I also do things like, you know, Star Wars novels and things like that, because I just love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Not high literature, but uh, Timothy's on, you're a genius, you know? So. so where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novels? Well, I think the best place is on Facebook. Um, you can, um, my, my Facebook page, author page is Benjamin Zackheim. Uh, all one word. Um, so I guess, you know, B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N-Z-A-C-K-H-E-I-M as in Mary. And that uh, you'll find me there. That's probably the best place and a very active community there. Uh, a lot of com- a lot of fun stuff posted, um, uh, a lot of, you know, comments and it's, it's a real community. So I think uh, I'm really proud of what my me and my readers have, have built there. Um, or you can just head to my website at benzakheim.com and sign up for the newsletter. And if you like uh, the Relic series, Kane Arkwright series, you can um, you can sign up for the newsletter and get a free 10,000-word uh, short story about kind of the origin, the first meeting, first team, um, first team up of Kane and Rebel, the, the main characters. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Ben Zakheim, author of the Kane Arkwright series of supernatural thriller novels. Relic Spear, the latest Kane Arkwright novel, is available now, so go buy a copy. And Ben, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks so much, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Great. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.